We talk about a lot of things here on the Isle of Misfits, but I am relatively certain, nay, I'm absolutely certain that we have never in our illustrious history had a deep discussion on fuchsia cows or even anything remotely resembling them. Well, that all ends today, my friends, because I have managed to track down an expert on the subject, none other than the owner and the proprietor of something called Fuchsia Cow Transformations. Yes, you heard that right. Her name is Tina Donovan. And seriously, I don't know what else to do other than to just give you a great big hearty welcome to the Isle of Misfits, Tina. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. And just moments ago, before we hit record, we were talking about, you know, we've known each other for a while, and I just lost track on how long we've known each other. Do you have any idea? I think probably about 10, 15 years for sure. You know, that that sounds about right. So so here we are. But we've never had a podcast conversation before, and we have certainly never talked about future cows. No, no, no. She's new. She's old, but she's new. She's old, but she's new. And today is the day. So I'm really excited to talk about this. But before we do, we need to find out a little bit more about you. And the way we do that around here is by playing a stupid game. So (laughs) she can't wait. So uh, that's great, because I was just about to ask you, Tina, will you play my stupid game? Absolutely. You heard it, folks. Okay, there's no going back now. All right, so uh, I usually name the stupid games. I actually forgot to name today's stupid game, but I think Fuchsia Cow, I I couldn't have done better than that. So we'll just call it the Fuchsia Cow. Perfect. Game. And it's not stupid. No, no, the game is. All right, so three questions. I base these games, uh, I think as I told you before when I primed you for this, I I try to, you know, okay, what do I know about you and how can we do it? So it's a little bit of everything. I got some of your hobbies, some things. All right, so one of the questions is about a love that I hear you have. Uh, You are a spinning instructor. Is that correct? This is correct. And for those in the audience that don't know what spinning is, tell us what spinning is. Well, it's a workout, an aerobic workout on a bike, stationary bike that is choreographed to music. Oh, well, there you go. So it's on a bike. Okay, so it's not spinning. It's not like I have this, you know, tops or something old world where you're like spinning yarn or something. No, it's a bike. It's fitness. It's cardio. Very good. And I actually knew that because I take, I, yeah, I've, I don't take them regularly, but I've taken spinning classes and they're fun. They're hard though. Yes. Um, yes. So, all right. So here's, this is low hanging fruit. First question, according to spinning.com, I don't know how authoritative they are, but that's the website I looked up. What is at least one benefit of spinning? Burning calories, lots of calories in a short amount of time. There you go. Okay. And bonus points if you can name any more, but you don't have to. You have fun while you're burning those calories. All right. Dancing on a bike. Dancing on a bike. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? All right. right. Sold. All right. I'm going back to spinning class. All right. One question out of the way. All right. Two more to go. This one's a true false. All right. And again, there there actually is a right answer to this, but you can't go wrong. True or false. This has to do with fuchsia cows. True or false. You can buy a fuchsia cow, a fuchsia cow hide rug. I'm going to say that again. You can buy a fuchsia cowhide rug online right now. Is that true or false? I would say true. And I would say you are correct. I looked it up, and that's something you can actually buy. No, I'm not saying it's affiliated with your fuchsia cow, unless it, unless it is. 
Well, I might have to go shopping after we're finished. You might, yes. I'm just saying, if it was there, at least as of, you know, when I last looked it up. Okay, so two down, one to go. All right, now this last question has to do, we're going to blend, actually, your love of fitness with your profession, because I understand you are a nurse by profession. Correct. Okay, so here's your question. Nurses, as you know, do a lot of walking during your shifts. Am I right? Yes. Uh huh. Okay, that's not the question. So here's the question: What is the average distance that a nurse walks in a 12-hour shift? And I'll make this easy. I'll give it multiple choice. Is it A, one mile? Is it B, three miles? Or is it C, 26.2 miles? In one shift. In one shift. Three miles. That is correct. Yes, Yay! a 5K you do in one shift, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, you have done so well. Three questions. You you just hammered them right out. Congratulations, Tina. Yay. Yay. And for playing my stupid game, I didn't tell you this. I don't think I told you this. So your prize is your very own Isle of Misfits mug that I will be getting to you right at your doorstep. Excellent. There you I go. Can't wait to use it. Yes, it makes coffee taste much more awkward. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, great job. So now, as promised, we have to find out. All right. Fuchsia cow transformations. What is the deal with the fuchsia cows? Okay. So I had a spiritual mentor many years ago, and I would call to talk to her about a problem I was having. And I would say, you know, he said I was a loser, or she said I was no good at that. And she would say to me, well, what if they said you were a fuchsia cow? I'm like, well, obviously I'm not a fuchsia cow, but why is it that when people tell us or define us or label us, that somehow we consider it, you know, Mm -hmm. that 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 could possibly be the truth about me. So what I started to do is define who, who I am and how I saw myself. And it was slow. It was a very slow process, but that's where fuchsia cow came from. So it all started with grappling with this idea of how do we define ourselves? Are we going to let other people define us? Or does my does the definition of who I am come from someplace else? Correct. Okay. And isn't that amazing? You're right. Why is it? Why do you think we let people define us? Well, I think in part we don't know who we are. And we find a lot of that through our relationship with God. But in my case, there was so much traumatic abuse in my childhood and the lifestyle that it was hard to figure out who I was. So that abuse, you said that that trauma in your childhood shaped shaped your view of yourself. And so whatever you're comfortable sharing, how what can you tell us about your experience and how that shaped the way you, you saw yourself or didn't see yourself? Okay, well, um, there was a lot of violence in our home. My, my dad died when I was four. He was hit by a semi on a motorcycle. Mm. And so I felt so abandoned. You know, we... We figure out who we are through our parents, and one day he was there, and the next day he was gone. And my mother was ill-equipped after that to try to take care of us because of the the trauma and, and the grief that she was going through and losing him. And actually, prior to him dying, there was sexual abuse. So that has always created a problem, especially in the past, about how I related to men. And then my mother later married another man who was... Um, a drug addict and, and violent and, and physically abusive. And it was difficult for me to relate to being a woman because I always felt my mother was kind of weak. So I had to develop that stuff later on in my life. You know, we 
we have a choice. A lot of people go through a lot of traumatic things. Mine isn't the worst story on the planet. But we can either choose to identify with that trauma or we can grow from it and use it to help other people. And that's mm. what I'm trying to do through Fuchsia Cow. Okay, that choice. And that choice is so important, as you said. So, And you're covering so much ground here. I mean, so much you just told me. You know, the age of four, you lose your father, the abandonment issues, um, not to mention the, the sexual abuse issues that you dealt with at, at a young age. All of that speaking to who you think you are because of what other people, what, what things outside of you have, have done to, to impact your thinking. Tell me about the early days of how you identified yourself within that and how did that, how did that change and when did that change? Well, I would have to say that it started to change when I was 15 and I got saved. And, um, you know, I started to see that there was a loving father who was interested in me. But I always felt like that I had to come to him and be clean, right? Mm. Somewhere along the way, probably about 23 years old, I realized that God loved me where I was at and that he was going to change me into who he had always meant me to be, meant for me to be. So it was a process. It wasn't like a one and done, you know. But it takes bravery and it takes courage and it takes perseverance to keep on that path of letting God transform us. That's why it's fuchsia cow transformations. That where we start is not where we have to finish. Right, right. You speak of a process, and I think so often, you know, we we live in a culture, especially today, where, okay, well, I think it, I want it, therefore... It shall be done, right? Whether it's whether it's ordering Starbucks through our app or, you know, having something delivered to us instantaneously. It's, it's you know, I, I want to do it, so therefore it, it should already be done. We're not always familiar with process anymore, and we don't necessarily even like the idea of process because process isn't immediate and it isn't always fun. No. But I've learned to embrace pain. I'm not afraid to suffer a little or to have a, a little pain because I see the payoff, right? I'm not afraid to face the truth about myself, like the mistakes that I've made. I could sit and say, well, all these things happened to me and that's the reason I am the way I am today. But I've made mistakes in my own life that I had to be accountable for and clean up. And, and God makes that possible because I think the enemy cuts us off from the truth. Uh, but my conscious contact with God lets me see the truth. And I can either accept that and try to change and move forward and embrace it. Or I could turn my back to it and stay the way I am. Either way, there's pain, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. In fact, it reminds me of a conversation I had not too long ago. Was either way, there's pain or, you know, life is hard. Either way, no matter what, right? And we get to choose our hard. We choose the hard of dealing, as you say, with the suffering with the pain up front or later on, you know, whether it's the choices that we make right now or the results of the choices that we make. It, there's, there might be pain involved either way. Right. Yeah. So, and you said something a second ago about, you know, the enemy can cut us off from the truth. And I, I want to dig into that a little bit more um, because some people listening they're going to know what you mean when you say that. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then some people are like, what are you talking about? The enemy? What enemy? My enemy? Who's the enemy? And how does he cut us off from the truth? 
So I'm, t- I'm talking about Satan, you know, mm-hmm. he, he comes to us when we're young and he put a lot of lies in my mind and, and actually in my heart, you know, you're, you're disposable, you're unlovable, uh, you're, you're a pain to people, people just put up with you, nobody really loves you. And so that ends up becoming a self-fulfilled prophecy. But to answer the truth about that, you know, unless I have this relationship with God, right, I can't see that other side. I just believe that lie. Right. Does that make sense? That does make sense because we believe we believe what we hear, right? Um, Romans and the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing. And then it goes on to say hearing by the word of God. Um, the principle to me in that is we believe whatever we hear the most of. Correct. So you're okay. So if I'm tracking you right, you're saying that there is, you know, there is an enemy and you're calling him Satan. And for some people, that's going to be jarring. Like, what do you mean Satan? Like a guy in a red suit or, you know, um, but you're saying Satan is for real. He's for real. He has a plan for my life, just like God has a plan for my life. But his plan is to destroy me. Right. And just as God has a plan for our lives, like you said, Satan has a plan to destroy us. And at the age of 15, you you said things started to change for you. Your life was on a certain trajectory with loss, with abandonment, with abuse. Um, and things started to change. How did that? How did that start to change for you? Well, a friend of mine took me to church, and first of all, I, I accepted that Christ died on the cross for me and that he wanted to have a relationship with me and um, that it was possible for me to change. However, there was all this other stuff, because in addition to the abuse, there was bullying in school. There was, like, really no safe place to go. So I would take a step forward and, and, and five back, and, and actually... Um, at that point, and I, I may be getting off track here so you can help me, but at that point, I developed my own alcoholism and addiction, which lasted nine years. I, that started at 14. So while God was trying to, you know, bring me closer to him, the enemy came and we started this whole other path. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, a lot of people would say you were trying to medicate yourself. You, were, you had some pain that you were trying to, to make go away. Right. Yes. Right. So, all right. So that started 14, 15. And yet at the same time, it sounds like somebody or somehow you were introduced to another way of thinking. You say, you know, uh, you were introduced to Jesus. So that tells me maybe somebody took you to church or maybe you had that in your background. Like, how did that all happen? Yeah. A friend of mine who lived down the street, her parents knew my, my stepfather was shot and killed. And they, we weren't allowed to hang out with these kids prior to that happening because of all the craziness in our home. But this family kind of embraced me and took me in and they took me to church. And, you know, there was something, there was some kind of magic or hope that I saw there. But inside I thought, well, that might work for you people because you have everything together, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of like a misfit, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm right in the, in the aisle of misfits. So that might work for you, but... That won't work for me. Right. So you were drawn to it and you saw, oh, this this looks good, but I don't know. I don't know if this is something that I that will work for my life. And yet you were drawn mm-hmm. and the story didn't end there. So what happened? What happened next? Um, well, I would say that it was a thread that went in and out of my life for the next 
nine years, right? I would I would try to get ahead with something. I felt connected to God. I felt like I was on the right track, and then I would just self-destruct. It just became a pattern. Um, finally, the, the floor fell out at 23 years old. I was a single mother and destroying my life with drugs and alcohol. And uh, I fell to my knees and realized that uh, I couldn't go on like I was going on. I was at this turning point. Like, I couldn't picture going on the way I was, but I couldn't picture stopping. Mm. I call that the day that the gift of desperation collided with the grace of God. Mm, I love that. Oh, the desperation collided with the grace of God. What a what a powerful picture that is. I ran out of answers. And, uh, you know, so at that point I went into uh, rehab and... Um, They introduced me to a God that I knew loved me and that that could change me because I was always like comparing my insides with somebody's outsides, you know, basically what I just explained to you. Mm -hmm. But I started to identify with people who had similar struggles as I and I found hope. You know, and I'm just contemplating what you just said about comparing my insides with others outsides and don't. Don't we all do that? Isn't that I mean that's really the whole heart of comparison. That's what we do. When we when I compare myself to somebody, I'm comparing myself with what I think I see in them, but I don't know what's right. really going on. It's the most destructive thing that we can do to ourselves is to compare ourselves with somebody else. Right, and yet we do it all the time. Um but the good news is is that we don't have to stay on that path. We don't have to follow that trajectory. Like you said just moments ago that, all right, so God has a plan for our life. God has an enemy. The Bible calls that enemy Satan, who also has a plan that is the antithesis of God's plan. So, you know, so in within that struggle, there's still hope. It's not a foregone conclusion that we have to allow the enemy to determine our path. And you found that through your encounter with Jesus. Yes. I had to be willing to let go of a a long line of old beliefs. And part of the way Fuchsia Cow, one of the great things about Fuchsia Cow is that I tell people you need to get affirmations. You need to start saying these things out loud. You need to start saying what God says about you out loud every day. I have a list of about 30 things I say every day out loud. What are some of those things? I am loved, I am strong and courageous, that I am the daughter of the Most High King, that I can, all things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. And those are powerful truths, all of them, all of them. And that was just about five of them. But again, it goes back to that faith comes by hearing, right? So we, we believe what we hear the most of. And what we hear ourselves say. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Self-talk. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, about self-talk. Well, I mean, I can listen to what somebody else says about me, but my opinion of myself is more important than what anybody else says. So what I say about me has more power. I found that to be true, that I can almost rewrite right over things that I used to believe about myself by saying these things about myself out loud. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And it's really kind of fascinating to me because, you know, I think if you on its face, when I when I think about it before I really think about it, I think, well, no, we, we tend to care more about what others think about us. Right. Because that's that's the heart of comparison is I'm comparing myself to somebody else and, you know, peer pressure, all that. But what you just said is so powerful. 
if you really think about it, what we say to ourselves, even if we're basing it on what we think others think, it's us saying it to ourselves that really has the power. Absolutely. And that, I mean, truly, that's like one of those Selah moments in the Bible, you know, that we just need to think about that and what that really means. Um, and then, you know, you also talked about rewriting our story. Um, there, there is something you, I think it was in the bio that you sent me about, you know, you believe that no one is beyond transformation and that the central message of what you're doing through Fuchsia Cow is that you can rewrite your story. Right. But first we have to expose the lies. Mm-hmm. First we have to expose the lies. And, and some of them are pretty hidden, but I found out it's like peeling an onion. It, there's layers. You know, and if I start here, it's not. there's no drive-through, breakthrough. But if I start here and I address this and I work on this and I ask God to heal me in this area, that there's something underneath that, you know, and it's from glory to glory and victory to victory. I'm not who I used to be. Yeah. Okay. So Tina, what if you don't know where to start? That's a good question. I think it's important to have people around you. You know, I call about, I talk about the tribe of three, you know, you should have three people that you can talk to. You know, that you don't have to censor what you say. Hopefully, some of them are further along in your in their journey. So they give you something to shoot for and to mentor you. Because alone, you know, they say that or I've adopted this idea that isolation is the dark room that our mental illness gets developed in. So we need to be in community with people. And they have to be, some of them have to be healthier than us. And that's kind of scary, right? Because it's easier to be around people who are like us. But, you know, we re- we assemble with those we resemble. We resemble those who we assemble with. Mm-hmm. So I love I was, that. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get in community with people who were further along in the journey who were willing to help me start from where I was. So I think that the community piece... Uh, is the most important in starting our transformation. I think I think you're right about that. That that in itself is so helpful and powerful, and and it really speaks to you know we were talking about the core values here and and how what you do hits on really all three of them. You know, like you said, owning your awkward, ex, you know, exposing the lies as part of owning that awkward of okay, what is it that I'm really believing about myself, and I've got to own. I've got to own the fact that I believe it. Maybe I shouldn't own that belief, but I've got to face it. And then you talk about, you know, loving your fellow misfit. Hey, getting getting in community with someone who's different than you. Maybe you wouldn't think that you would fit in with them. But then that piece of, they, sh- you know, seeking out people that are healthy, mm-hmm. that maybe have been a little further down that road. And that to me speaks of mentoring and how important that is to have a mentor and to be a mentor. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and then that last piece, you know, of seeking beauty and truth all around you is that that's really what you're talking about is, okay, let's let's seek what is true about me and those affirmations that, that you just spoke of, the 30 affirmations that you say to yourself every day to remind yourself of what is true. Right, and you know, when I started, I can say I have 30 affirmations now. When I started, I remember this counselor when I was 23, saying, well, what do you like about yourself? 
and I literally, because I was at the bottom, then I, I, I had to pause and I could not come up with one thing. I would say, well, I'm pretty, but then I had like a counter for that, you know, but I have this blemish here or, well, I'm smart, but no, I, I quit school and then, and only finished the ninth grade and only have a GED. Um, I'm friendly, but, you know, and I had a counter for each thing that I thought was good about me. So it's not like you're going to come up with 30 things all at once. Just start with something. Right. Start Almost somewhere. Until you make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where to start, just start somewhere. Find those people in your life, like you said, just a couple people that you can just be yourself with and trust them. And that might be a task in and of itself, because like you said just a second ago, that, you know, the tenants of the isolation is, what was that quote? I love it. Isolation is the dark, dark room. room that mental illness is developed in. Oh my goodness, what a that's another powerful quote. So much, so much good practical stuff here, Tina. Now, I have one more question for you um, before we wrap things up here, but you know you say you say in your bio that you believe that no one is beyond transformation. And I'm guessing you really do believe that. So what I want to know is why? Why do you believe that? Well, because I know where I've come from. And it was pretty far down the scale. And I know who I am and how I am now. And it's light years away. So if it can happen for me, it can happen for anybody. And that's good news. I think so many of us are desperate to know that wherever we are. You know, we, we want to know that it's not too late, that change is possible, that growth is possible, that hope is possible and I hear you saying that yes it is and why do you think it's possible well God makes it possible mm. I, I think yeah. you you can transform your life I think by saying affirmations out loud by you know getting in a tribe of three by rewriting your story but when you put God it's like putting your transformation on steroids yeah that's a great way to put it yeah because it's not our power, you know, and we have a lot of things that are within our power to do. We can make choices, but when it comes right down to it, um, we don't we don't have the power to to change the things that only God can change. We don't have the power to bring hope where there's no hope, and that's what you're talking about. So, I love all of this practical wisdom that you're giving us, and I'm sure people listening um, would love to know more. So, Tina. How can people get a hold of you to find out more about what you do and, and how you can point them down this road to transformation? Well, currently, Fuchsia Cow Transformations has a Facebook page. Uh, we are working on a website. It's, it's, it's in transformation, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, the website is in uh, transformation, and that is FuchsiaCow.com. Uh, but you can certainly reach me on the Facebook page by instant message. Okay, so if they just go in the search bar of Facebook, just look up Fuchsia Cow, uh, they'll find you. Now, the interesting thing about Fuchsia Cow is most people spell it incorrectly. Ah, okay. So it's F-U-C-H-S-I-A. Oh, no S in there, see? You no, there is an S. Okay. It's F-U-C-H-S-I-A. Oh, okay, so no S before the C. Okay, got that, people? So... 
the nice there. I'm actually typing it in right now in Facebook, and there it is, people. So, yeah, so look her up. You're going to see a cool little picture of a pink, well, a fuchsia cow. Um, it'll be the first thing that comes up. So there you go. Um, Tina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for what you're doing. And um, you are certainly welcome to come back, especially when that website is up or one day when you write your book, because I'm sure that's coming. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we'd love to have you back. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. Okay, so as a public service, I'm going to spell out Fuchsia Cow for you. That's F-U-C-H-S-I-A-C-O-W, Fuchsia Cow Transformations. Find her on Facebook. Thanks so much to Tina Donovan for joining us today. Look her up. She's got lots more encouragement, lots more wisdom, all kinds of great stuff on her Facebook page. And thank you for tuning in to Isle of Misfits. I'm so glad you're here. Would love for you to follow us at isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of Misfits.com. And until next time, we got lots of good stuff coming up for you. But until then, own your awkward, love your fellow misfit, and look for beauty and truth everywhere. <laughs>